0: You know, it's a national initiative to bring back uh, to uh, decrease the amount of smokers in Canada, and a lot of people say the way to uh, smoking cessation is to turn to e-cigarettes. There's an interesting story in the New York Times that I was I came upon yesterday, which included some interesting um, X-rays of this kid's jaw that was basically um, obliterated. Maybe that's a bit extreme, but his uh, his His jaw was severely damaged by an e-cigarette. His mother had bought him a vaping kit because she and her husband were hoping that he would quit smoking because he had been a smoker. And this is last March. She and her husband were sitting in the living room. They heard this loud pop. And in runs their 17-year-old son holding his bloody jaw. His e-cigarette had exploded in his mouth. And his, apparently he's uh, he was bleeding quite badly. It looked like he had a hole in his chin. So they rushed him to uh, the hospital. And then they rushed him to a trauma unit. And... Austin told the doctor that he saw this big flash, felt a terrible pain in his lower jaw and quickly pulled the device out of his mouth. He had a major fracture in his lower jaw, including a two centimeter uh, piece that had exploded and was missing. He was also missing multiple teeth and the surgeons had to put a plate under his gum. His surgeon says she believes the injury was caused by an exploding battery but could not be certain about it. And the Food and Drug Administration have expressed concerns in the States about e-cigarettes and other vaping devices injuring people from overheating and then the batteries exploding. There was a uh, interesting bit of research done at the University of Waterloo and the findings are unsettling when it comes to teens turning to vaping. We're joined now by Dr. Jeffrey Fong, who is the professor of uh, psychology at the University of Waterloo, founder of the and chief principal investigator of the International Tobacco Control Policy Evaluation Project that uh, we're talking about. So welcome to the to the show, doctor. It's good to have you on. Oh, thanks, Kelly. So that story, extremely unsettling, especially when you're talking about a teenager. But what findings um, did you come to with your um, research into vaping and smoking as far as youth are concerned in Canada?
1: Yeah, um, well, uh, we have done for a number of years uh, international work on examining smoking across different countries. Uh, And more recently, we have turned our attention to examining vaping uh, as well as smoking, not only uh, among adults, but among youth. Um, And we have uh, just reported recently on uh, trends uh, between 2017 and 2018 on youth smoking and vaping across three countries, Canada, England, uh, and the United States. Um, And just for a little bit of context, smoking rates have gone down among adults and especially among kids over the last few decades. Although there are challenges because, uh, you know, with respect to the tobacco industry continuing to market a a truly deadly product with respect to cigarettes, this has opened the door and with the public realization of it, it's opened the door to alternative nicotine products like e-cigarettes. E-cigarettes might have Uh, some promise that has been shown in getting adult smokers to quit, but there's also a concern about the potential that e-cigarettes might be related to uh, increased smoking uh, and just the fact that there is, uh, among some in the public health community, uh, uh, youth that are, uh, uh, you know, using nicotine products. So there is concern. So we want to look at this across uh, different countries to see what the trends are.
0: Right. And what did you find uh, with regard to Canadian teens turning to vaping products?
1: Uh, w- what we found is between uh, the summer of 2017 and the 20, uh, 2018, there has been a significant increase uh, among youth in uh, vaping. Uh, and we see this um, uh, not not so much with established smokers, but what is uh, uh, concerning is that the uh, the increase proportionately has been among Uh, never smokers, Mm. uh, and uh, those that are experimental smokers.
0: So unlike that story about Austin who had, you know, his parents had got him an e-cigarette to get off of smoking, these are teens that have never uh, tried to smoke that are turning to vaping. Can you get into the whys? What's attracting them to vaping? Did your study go into that?
1: Yeah, so let me just say, first of all, before I go into that, Mm. that, current smokers among youth and among adults are way, way, way more likely to be vaping as well. So um, our increase in never-smokers is really a, a quite a small proportion of these never-smokers compared to current, you know, cur- current smokers. So really, when we're talking about increases, it's still uh, quite low with respect to the percentage. Okay. Now, with respect to why, w- the reason why we want to look at Canada versus England and U.S. is because The nature of vaping products uh, has been quite different um, across the three countries. England has had vaping for longer. They have uh, a very well established regulatory system for vaping compared to smoking. The US is changing quite a bit, and Canada uh, in the spring of uh, 2018 uh, legalized uh, vaping. So that's why it was interesting to examine Canada from 2017 to 2018, because that captures making, you know, vaping legal. uh, uh, And the other two countries, um, you know, it it was quite different. So that's where we find the increase. I mean, whenever you legalize something, you're going to find naturally uh, an increase in in that activity. Yeah,
0: people try it. They figure, okay, well, the government says it's safe, basically. I think a lot of people look at things like that.
1: Exactly. So that's number one. Number two is that... um, uh, in a peculiar twist in Canada, for the first you know, 180 days at least, um, when vaping was legalized, there was advertising for vaping products, whereas, of course, we have great strong restrictions on cigarettes uh, in Canada, for, deservedly so. But why was it that vaping products were, you know, uh, able to uh, basically advertise at will? Sure. It, it's because in Canada, when you have restrictions on our advertising and marketing, you need to give the companies uh, advance notice that you're going to be taking away their commercial right to free speech. Right.
0: Uh, and we were just getting wading into this. So we didn't yeah. have time to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, another thing, too, is that before vaping was legalized, there were no legal companies.
0: Right. (laughs) So that's
1: why in a peculiar and understandable, uh, you know, uh, uh, situation legally in Canada, there was free advertising that was going on because there were no companies to inform.
0: And we know advertising is basically uh, uh, persuasion. So if you can persuade the right market to get in on your product, uh, then you're golden.
1: And, and Health Canada recognizes this and is, you know, formulating, you know, strong, I suspect strong, much stronger plans to limit that. That's the second, that's the second thing. So legalization, free marketing, basically. The third one is that there has been the emergence of these new products that you may have heard of, like Juul which have a different kind of, uh, it's called salt-based nicotine um, uh, solution. And it turns out that that has um, uh, been associated with uh, a more powerful kick uh, for the nicotine that's present in the e-cigarette. And the fourth one is that Juul and other kind of salt-based pod uh, e-cigarettes have a coolness factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, it's, uh, you know, Juul itself looks like kind of like a USB stick. It's easy to use it uh, without being detected. It doesn't have all this vapor and, you know, these clouds of vapor. And so there's kind of been a coolness and a tech factor to these new products. So to, to disentangle all of that, to say which one is doing what, is extremely difficult to do because they happen all at the same time.
0: But what you can do is talk about the nicotine kick, which you know you said the jewel uh, delivers a higher nicotine kick. I think a lot of people are walking around, especially young people, under the impression that this is actually, if you vape, it's not going to do as much harm. Uh,
1: yeah, and I think that if I think that um, any government uh, and governments all over the world have taken different approaches, need to figure out. What can we do to regulate uh, e-cigarettes so that they um, are encouraged by smokers to get off of smoking, The by far the most deadliest you know, consumer product ever. It kills uh, basically half of its regular users. Uh, and vaping is much less harmful. There is debate about this in the advocacy community, but among the scientific reviews, it's much less, uh, much less harmful than cigarettes.
0: Yeah, but I think it's interesting because you say it's much less harmful than cigarettes. But I think that yeah. that is not. It doesn't equate to no harm. And I think oh, there's a absolutely. lot of teenagers no, walking around thinking, right. "Oh, this and is any, harmless."
1: Right. And any advocate of vaping who says no harm, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't believe there are any. But but I think it's more like those people who are a- anti-vaping who claim that um, vaping advocates say that. I mean, right. from the scientific perspective, it's very clear that there is harm. Yeah. Just much less harm than cigarettes that kills half of its half of its regular users so what can we do for you know governments what can governments do to bring out the attractiveness of that for the adults while yet protecting the kids from 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 use especially those that that are not smoking and that's a balance that's very tricky and different governments have taken different approaches. And I think Canada is in the middle, but there needs to be more done with respect to the marketing and, and, you know, and advertising of these products. Um, And that uh, remains, uh, you know, something that is that Health Canada is is considering right now.
0: San Francisco is set to become the first major U.S. city to ban e-cigarettes. Cigarettes. cigarettes. You've done research on, you know, uh, why people are are picking up e-cigarettes. Any do you think there's any appetite for Canada or a major city in in Canada? You know, I would think Vancouver maybe would be the most logical one to be the uh, to follow that ban.
1: Yeah, um, well, at the federal level, uh, you know, vaping is now legal. Um, I do not recall from the legislation or in Canada's Canadian law whether cities can, can actually make deci- uh, specific decisions on that. I, I just don't know the mm-hmm. jurisdictional issues. Um, I do know that, uh, you know, different provinces, you know, have the ability to have different kinds of uh, restrictions on, on vaping products. Um, but I think that uh, what's called for is, is a balance here because these products uh, have been shown to help uh, you know, smokers quit. Um, and so where is that balance? And I think that's uh, what governments are struggling with. And that's why we're doing our research in many different countries where the regulations are different to see what, you know, where the balance might might be best.
0: A lot of people bring up the idea of flavored nicotine being there solely to attract, you know, young kids with bubblegum flavor and the like. When you did research into teens using e-cigarettes, did you ask any questions about uh, flavored nicotine? And if so, where which nicotine flavor were they most attracted to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, in our work as well as in the work of others, um, you know, flavors are uh, attractive for everyone, and it's adults versus, you know, and youth. Um, there is, um, you know, some uh, more attraction to candy and fruit flavors among youth relative to adults, uh, adult smokers, but it's not overwhelming. It's not like, oh, 90% youth versus 5% adults it's really much closer than that and so Hmm. the difficult thing for regulation is that you know where do you draw the line? You know to be sure there are some and we always talk about unicorn puke and you know other sorts of things like that that sure you know you can eliminate those obvious ones but general categories like candy and fruit Mm -hmm. are going to be difficult to draw the line because they're attractive to adults as well as youth.
0: Okay. I can't be the only one wondering, and I have to ask, whenever I hear somebody say something that I have never heard of before, I go backwards and ask questions about a unicorn puke. Sure. Can you
1: clarify? Yeah. I, I, well, I, you know, I don't know that much except, <laughs> you know, when people talk about flavors, they talk about the, some of the obvious ones that, you know, that uh, should be banned. And I think they're probably picking, you know, the most sensational ones out of thousands of flavors. And that's just one that came to, came to my mind at that moment that's been talked about. I, okay. I, don't, I don't I don't think this is in the top 100.
0: Unicorn puke is, though, a flavor. Well, it used to be a flavor. Oh, don't know. It, I, wait a minute. I just Googled it. I've can. I, I done, done some research oh. with my fingers here. It's a perfect blend of warm summer days and a scoop of rainbow sherbet. Well, that doesn't wow. tell me much more, but it is, you know...
1: It's certainly attractive, but you know, is it, is it totally attractive to youth versus adults? I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Who doesn't love the perfect blend of warm summer days and a scoop of rainbow sherbet?
1: Well, especially for us now, uh, yeah. having experienced a very uh, wet uh, spring.
0: Yeah, and it's first day of summer. At least it's arriving in about uh, an hour or so. Before I let you go, I would love to ask you, uh, Dr. Fong, w- what is your next course of research with regard to e-cigarettes?
1: Right. Well, we're continuing to collect data on youth um, as well as adults, um, not only in Canada, but in other countries. And I think what's really important is for us in our research to really examine not only the specific issues with respect to youth, but also with respect to adults. And this is the the, sort of the puzzle uh, that needs to be resolved with respect to you know, what vaping represents both for youth and also for adults. We know from the literature that, uh, you know, adults can be helped by e-cigarettes and it's the leading cause, preventable cause of death uh, in Canada as well as throughout the world. But there are potential threats to youth. And we need to continue to track that and to figure out what kinds of, you know, legislation, regulations can achieve the kind of balance that we need to protect youth at the same time as, uh, you know, promote potentially uh, encouraging uh, adults that, uh, smokers, that aren't being helped by current uh, established methods uh, to perhaps uh, use vaping products in attempts to quit.
0: Well, I can't be the only one uh, thinking this has been a very interesting conversation. And you've got mail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Fong, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly.
0: Have a great day.